Welcome to the Confident Retirement Podcast. Is doing the most important things alone a good idea? How comfy are you with your choices when it comes to life's biggest decisions? What is real peace of mind with financial confidence and how can you get it? Chris Fleming and Mark Peachy are the founders of LPF Advisors in Sarasota, Florida. On the show, they bring together the best and brightest minds to share with you how to have a more confident financial picture. They empower listeners with simple, common sense and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts from LPF Advisors. Well, I want to welcome everybody to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors. I'm your host here always in the chair, Chris Flaming. And today I have the pleasure of welcoming Miuris Bezanila to the podcast. She's part of the Florida-based EPGD law firm, and she specializes in helping both domestic and international individuals with establishing trusts and estate plans. Thanks for being here and welcome to the show, Neeris. Hi, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. Okay, so I'm sure that you have an interesting history so I, I'm hoping you can kind of take me through a brief summary of what led you to where you are today. Absolutely. I do have an interesting history. My name shows. So I, just a brief history of me. I was born in Cuba. I came to America when I was very little. I was three years old. You know, we spent some time in Guantanamo Bay as a refugee, and then we came to America. And that has always helped me love to help people. So it was one of the, the reasons that I became an attorney. My parents did not speak English. So from a very young age, I always helped them. I helped them with their planning. I helped them with like calling banks, you know. So that was me. Um, I then went to FIU here in South Florida in Miami. And I loved it so much that I went undergrad at FIU, psychology major. And then I did law school at FIU as well. I was a psychology and, major also. So we have that in common. Yeah, nice. We're analyzing it's a each great other major. without knowing it. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Then how, did that, psychologist. how did that lead into uh, where you are with your, uh, with your firm? Yes. Funny enough, psychology major. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a psychologist. I wasn't sure right. if I wanted to be a lawyer. Right. Who is? Um, what I, psychology major yeah. does know what they want to do? Right. It's like a pot for everyone to be in. <laughs> right. uh, but then when I finally decided to go to law school, I wanted to do criminal law. And after my first year, I was like, I'm going to intern with a judge just to see how it works. But I ended up going into probate court with the main judge in Miami-Dade. And that led me, you know, I, like most people, I'm a little morbid. I love everything that has to do with like uh, death and everything like that. So it was very interesting process with probate. I got a job offer with my firm after that, after doing everything with the probate court. And then I saw the estate planning side of everything. So I love to help clients avoid probate. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of important. All right. So if you could kind of go back uh, in time to when you first started in the practice, um, is there some advice that you might give that person or that you would tell the younger you um, that you wish you had done or that, or that some encouragement you would give them? For younger people, I wish that I would have interned a little bit longer just Mm. so that you get real world experience from the opposite side. I think that has helped me tremendously because I saw what a judge does. 
you know, I would have interned maybe or, or done a little bit more behind the scenes work. And that gives you more perspective. It helps you with clients. But I love just shadow shadow people is, is my biggest advice for, for these types of small, you know, law school students and everything like that. Okay. So do you think that was where you made the biggest leaps and bounds in your education and your experience was by the shadowing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's so it one was, thing to read a textbook and then yeah. it's a different thing to actually see a, see the case in front of you, see see things progress, you know. It, right. it's absolutely helps tremendously. You've got some street smarts in there on top of the book smarts. I like that. Okay, so now you kind of told me how you chose your main focus of law, having kind of an interest or a fascination with with people dying, I guess, is what you said. So what do you like best about that area of your practice? So if you hone in on what is it about probate or trust planning or estate planning that was really attractive to you that you liked about that, where you you chose to, to go into that? I love helping people not worry. You know, okay. once you reach a certain age or once you reach certain milestones, I think like once you have a child, your mortality really comes into play. You start thinking, wow, there's somebody here that needs me. It's not just me. Uh, likewise, once you start hitting the age of retirement, you know, all of this becomes really real. We do have an end date, unfortunately, as humans. So I like planning. I like helping people not worry about that as much, you know, so you can worry about having fun, worry about being with your child and not worry about, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to my assets? What's going to happen to my kids? That peace of mind thing, taking that off the table where they know that their their kids or their affairs are going to be taken care of. Okay. Well, are there some areas uh, of helping clients that you find the most challenging? So obstacles that you run up against or challenges? Yes, especially in the international community, pulling it to, to those types of clients, they may not know the law. It's so different everywhere. Even clients that are in the states that move from state to state. Florida is a huge retirement state. So we have clients coming down from New York, New Jersey, you know, Michigan. Nobody wants to be cold in their old age. And the state, the laws differ state by state. So helping clients showing them the differences in laws, you know, a lot of my international clients say, well, but you know, we don't have probate in, um, I just had someone tell me that they don't do probates in Puerto Rico, even though it's part of an American territory. Um, They don't do probates in uh, Guatemala. The way that they handle the succession planning is very different. Even in, let's say Maryland, Maryland's probate process is like six months. But Florida, it can take about a year or two. It's much, especially Miami-Dade, it's much slower. And that, for me, is the biggest challenge, just uh, expectations and helping the client. Did it get even slower with the pandemic? Oh, yes, absolutely. There was a point where usually we file things online and they'll post on the docket within a day, two maybe if they're slow. During the pandemic, it would take two weeks just to get what you uploaded, what you filed, uploaded onto the docket. So it's very, very slow right now. Yeah, the hamsters weren't working very fast. (laughs) It's like the wheels. Okay, so you mentioned that um, people not knowing the laws from state to state or country to country. Would would you, do you think that's probably the biggest challenge or the most unique thing about helping international clients overcome? Or is there something else or other things? from an international standpoint that you also have to assist them with? Yes, the laws are a 
big, a big difference. You have to help with expectations. And also you have to see a lot of the clients come in and they're on visas or they want to open a company here. So it's helping them and having them set up the right type of uh, structure in place for them specifically. And each client is very different because, you know, we have a lot of Colombian clients. We have a lot of people come from Venezuela. It really depends. So each structure might be a little bit different. So that's that's a big overcoming. Also, we have to help them plan for the estate tax. The estate tax right now for U.S. citizens, the, exempt, the exemption is huge. The exemption is 11.5, give or take million dollars per person. You know, that's a very, that's great right now. Not much tax planning unless you're, you know, super high net worth. But for international clients, the exemption is only $60,000. That is a very big difference. So that's something that we we need to help. We look at the structure, we look at their assets, and we help them plan for everything. That's a tremendous difference. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. sticker shock is what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably when you have yep. to tell them that. Okay, now... And I always lead with what Americans get just so that they're even more shocked. Like, wow, that's a huge difference. Yeah, right. This is what they they get. Okay, I like that. That's a good way to ease into it. Do you think there's a big misperception that you see clients having when they start to work with you? Either like, you know, about attorneys in general or uh, misperceptions about the United States from a legal standpoint when you're working with an international client. Do you see some common ones? Yes, a lot of clients come in with the misperception that, you know, attorneys only want to make money. Uh, You're going to charge me for everything. You know, you're not on my side. And that cannot be further from the truth, especially at EPGD at my firm. We are very client centric. We want to help you. We work with you. You know, at the end of the day, obviously, it's a job, but, you know, it's, it's a common misconception for attorneys in general. I don't know why we have such a bad rep. But it's something that we try to. <laughs> I'm a, that I'm we try a financial to... advisor, so not. Mm-hmm. I don't know where we stand in the pecking order as far as like misperceptions and stuff like that. But uh, I can relate a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then another really big one is timeframes. Timeframes, like I said, in Maryland it's six months, but here we t- we can take we have to take a little bit longer. Uh, the IRS is also a big thing if we're doing any type of like IRS planning. They're at their own timeline. I can't force a court or or an IRS agent to to do something. So that those are the two biggest. All that stuff's getting slower with the pandemic. Okay. So without sharing any confidential info or details or anything like that, can you think of a recent example or a situation where you really changed or helped in a positive way a client's uh, situation? They came to you, they were kind of in a mess, and then you helped fix it and clean it up. I actually just helped a client with his business succession planning. Client owns about $15 million worth of real estate. He is, it's mostly rental units, and he owned all of this personally. So, you know. If something were to happen to him, he's a young, young man, you know, in his fifties, he's not older. He's not nearing retirement. He feels really good. He's three kids. One is a minor. So one just barely legal. And then the other one is close. He, we had to set up a good structure in place for him. He didn't want to, you know, give anything to his kids yet. Obviously he wanted to remain in control but with the appropriate structure. And that was incredibly important to, to set in place because if something were to happen to him, 
Yeah, that, that would be mess. a huge yeah, right. Big mess. mess. Yeah, especially if he individually owned all that stuff, right? Even yes, from a yes. liability standpoint, as you know, right? Okay, absolutely. Yeah, that that was a tremendous impact. So mm-hmm. I want to switch gears a little bit. What would you say is your biggest life accomplishment so far? You personally, my biggest personally. Well, I or just it could had be a baby. professionally too. Either one or both. <laughs> Personally, well, I, I'll say I just had a baby, so I'm really excited about that. He is one, so thank you. That was on a personal level. And professionally, I just became the managing attorney of the Trust and Estates Department here at EPGD. So it's been amazing. I've been able to implement changes uh, to the department. And being at the top kind of helps. I can have different things for clients. I have a little staff under me, so that's been a huge accomplishment. Right. And it's also helpful to make decisions about the direction and the way you want to take things mm-hmm. and having the autonomy to do that. That's great. Congratulations. All right. So what do you see as kind of being your biggest opportunity in the future at the firm, you know, for the clients you serve or for, or for your education or advancement? My biggest opportunity is being at the top now as the managing attorney of the department. I can implement ideas to help clients. We just got new software in place so that we can do like really, really cool, high-tech type of estate planning. And that's that's been the best. Like you said, once you're at the top and you can make the decisions, it's great. And on the flip side of that, what do, what do you kind of see as the biggest challenge heading into the new year? Well, either for you from a professional standpoint or for the business in general? From a professional standpoint, I think COVID has changed a lot. Not many people are coming in person. You have to be very careful what you're doing, the clients that you're meeting. So we have a lot of online notarizations that we're doing and a lot of like Zoom calls. So the biggest challenge is probably making sure that we're assisting the clients in the right way with this new technology in place. Okay. And when you talk a little about, about helping the clients in the right way and you're and dealing with trust and estates and the probate stuff, what do you kind of see as being a common tactic or a tool that can be used for most people to help to deal with their estate planning or with avoiding probate, or if they own businesses or properties or something like that, mm-hmm. and being able to make sure they're protected? So my favorite tool is a trust. Trusts, okay. I think, are amazing. Just a simple revocable trust. There won't be much creditor protection. Obviously, if we want creditor protection, we can definitely help and yeah. we can assist. But for everyone, I think a revocable trust is absolutely the best tool to have. You get to retain ownership over your properties, but you still have that hand. You can still do different things, different instructions in the trust. That for me is the best. I I love trust. Okay. And if someone owns a business or if they had rental properties or something like that, would there be a different tool that you might explore with them rather than owning an trust? There are different tools that we have. If you have a business, an LLC, a corporation, it's really important to have corporate documents. It's as simple as having an operating agreement. But many people will, you know, they'll open a corporation and they'll be a solo owner or they'll own it with their friends and they think, I don't need an operating agreement. I'm fine. No, absolutely. Having that right tool, that right document in place, it'll even save you from probate, having just the operating agreement. And as we've learned already, that can be a really big difference. 
especially yeah. if you're coming from a foreign country. Oh, as, yes, as I've learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is, uh, do you think there's anything that I should have asked you that I didn't, or is there anything that you want to expand on that you said earlier? Yes, I would love to talk about the wrong things that clients do. Okay, so let's do clients, that. <laughs> yeah, clients and especially international clients, they love to just start giving their assets to their children. Mm-hmm. And I have seen many a horror story of, you know, they say, I just own a house. I'm just going to add my kids to the deed. And that, oh no, that is the wrong move. I recently had a probate who the dad he owned the property personally, and he added his wife and his four kids. So there was five people owning this, this property. Unfortunately, one of the kids passed away. Then the dad passed away. And then the wife passed away. So we either had to say that the transfer that he did, that, that title transfer was not valid because the wife didn't sign on and it was a homestead property. Or we had to do three probates for these three different people. So it's really important. And that's a tool that I have really seen international. And, you know, I live in Miami. So we have a lot of international clients here. They think I'm just going to add people to the title. And that's extremely wrong. Please don't do that. (laughs) If you take one thing away, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, they kind of see that as like beneficiary designations, right? They think, oh, Mm -hmm. this is a good idea for everything. I just want to put that because I want it to go to them. Yeah. Just put them on there. And for some things that's okay, like 401ks or IRAs or retirement plans or annuities, but for stuff like what you're referring to, it's really, really bad. Okay. So is there anything outside of your practice, outside of your business, outside of work that you are really passionate about personally? That's a good question. Uh, Right now, I don't have any time because I do have a (laughs) one-year-old. But Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And with the pandemic, we can't do anything. I'll give you a silly answer. I love Disney. My husband and I are huge Disney fans. We've actually gone to Disney in California. We went to Shanghai Disney. So my goal after the pandemic, hopefully when things ease again, is just going to all the Disneys in the world. Which ones are left? There's one in Paris, right? Paris, Tokyo. Tokyo, okay. Hong Kong Disney. Okay, I think those are the only three that I haven't done. Right. Okay. That, that's, not, that's not silly. I think that's really <laughs> interesting. That's cool. And you're probably pass holders in Orlando. Is that what that's called? Oh, yes. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Annual passes. Yeah. All right. And you're probably looking at real estate to buy in Orlando so you can stay there. Yes. I, I actually told my husband that we need to buy a house now because we have the baby. So we can take weekend trips all the time. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the psychology. I'm reading your mind. I, I know what you're thinking. Good for good or for bad. All right. So we're getting close to the end. If people want to learn more about you or they want to contact you, what is the best way for them to do that? They can send me an email if they'd like. I am. I respond to emails. I have a policy within 24 hours. I okay. like to respond to an email. But uh, the firm has an Instagram page. We have social media. You can contact me there. Okay. And is there a website for the firm? That's yes. Yeah. What is also that? Have a website? What is that? It's just going to be uh, epgdlaw.com. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Pretty simple. Okay. Great. Thanks. Nioris, I want to thank you for being here and taking the time to be with me today. This was very insightful. I learned a lot. This is good information. It's been a true pleasure to have you on. And I want to thank everybody for listening and watching the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors, where we are raising 
the retirement confidence of everyday people to another level, one show at a time. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening. We'll see you next time. Be well. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.